Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rise Up, episode number 210. Wow, what an incredible song, and especially what an incredible song for this morning. All praise to Jesus, hope of the ages, ladies and gentlemen, because Larry has finally given his life to Christ. Everybody give Larry a round of applause. He's been he's been right there. He's been right there and it seems like just reading the word of God, being here every day was just that little bit of a see, we on earth call it a push. But see our spiritual selves, we don't call it a push because we're not pushing you to anything. We're not pushing you away from anything. No, no. He reached his hand out. That's what it was. He's been reaching his hand out for quite some time, but finally, finally, he accepted Jesus' hand reaching out to him. So it wasn't a push. It was more like a pull. And Jesus finally grasped the hand of Larry and pulled him into his heart. And this is just the beginning, my friend. Remember this day, episode number 210, October 19th. Maybe you did it yesterday. Maybe it was the 18th. Either way, you've given your life to Jesus, and it's only going to get better from here. It's only going to get better from here. So we are praising the Lord for you, my friend. We know you've been going through a struggle for quite some time. I don't know if you did remove yourself from your home or not for, I know you were going to your brothers, I think it was. Uh, But either way, either way, this is the, this is why we do this. This is why we do this. So praise God. I titled today's show, don't be double-minded. And Larry, maybe this is a great show. Maybe this is a good first show for you. Now that you've fully given your heart and your life to Jesus, being double-minded, okay? Let me explain something to you very, very, very carefully. You are not going to be the Christian that you will become tomorrow, okay? You will not stop sinning and be perfect so do not let anything pull you off of that path for very long see larry once you're walking on that narrow path that hardly anybody else is on we're all going to fall off because it's a narrow path it's like a balance beam the key is how long do you stay off How long is it before you reach your hand out again, like you did to Jesus now, and you accept him grabbing your hand back again to pull you back on that line, pull you back on that balance beam, on that narrow path? So being double-minded is what the devil is going to prey upon now more than ever. Do not get it twisted, Larry. The devil is very angry at you right now. He's very angry at you. He's very angry at himself. He's very angry at God. He's never a happy person. Well, I guess he's happy, but he never has joy. And with you giving your life to Christ, this is another soul that the devil's lost. He is very upset right now. So he's going to throw the world at you, brother. He's going to throw the world at you. And being double-minded is a way that he is going to dig his way back into you and get his claws back into your back and dig back in again. So we so here's my here's my point in saying this. You're not going to be perfect tomorrow and you're not going to be the Christian that you will become tomorrow, but you can do one thing at a time. You can take baby steps. Okay? God doesn't want you to just start sprinting. You'll fall. You're a baby. Larry, you are reborn. You are a baby. You are not even a toddler yet. You can't you can barely walk, let alone run. And that's a mistake that I made. I tried to run. And then the Lord slowed me down and said, you can't run yet. You're going to fall. You're going to knock your noggin. Don't do that. And I slowed down. Okay, you are a baby. And the devil knows that your Christianity and your faith is vulnerable right now. So if he's going to get you to turn back to him, now is the perfect time. And he's going to throw the world at you. Trust me when I tell you this. But you'll be able to resist him now, unlike any other time in your life. And that, that is where you'll recognize, wow, this is a whole new me. This is a whole new me. And you'll keep growing. You'll keep growing. 
Now, today's show, being double-minded. Before we get into it, I want to go to the Lord in prayer because I believe that this is a huge day for Larry right now. Okay? Jeremy, you have to accept credit because God is working through you. Praise God for Larry. Well, I don't accept the credit. I, I honestly don't. I don't at all. Because I literally lean and rely on the Holy Spirit for this entire show. All glory goes to God. I know what you're saying, but I literally have... I, have, I, I, I take no credit in this. I am just so incredibly happy. I'm rejoicing inside for Larry. And so this is going to be a very, very important show. So I want to start it out the right way. And we need to guard this Godcast today with the word of God, with prayer. Okay? So let's do that. In the name of Yeshua, Father, God in heaven, what a, what a wonderful day it is today. And I know that all the angels in heaven are celebrating from this news this morning about Larry. I love the way that we can all rally around just one of our lost sheep who've been found. Jesus did that. Jesus left all of us to go find him because we were in good hands with the Holy Spirit and Jesus, Yeshua, found Larry and I am just gleaming with joy right now. I don't even know what to say. I am smiling. I am happy. I am joyful. I am celebrating my spirit is on fire for the Lord right now. And I just want to say thank you. And I want to ask you to guard Larry's heart and all of those who are coming to you for the first time or maybe coming back to you, guard their hearts so much more right now than ever before, Lord, because we know what the devil's about to do. We know what he's capable of and we know what he's about to do, especially with our weaknesses. So help us pinpoint our weaknesses so that we can put an extra piece of armor on those weaknesses as we are babies in Christ taking our first steps. We are so incredibly grateful. Help us not be double-minded during this process, being a hypocrite, playing the hypocrite, holding on to two branches. Let's talk about that today. Let's expose that today where it is present in our own lives so that we can pinpoint it and get rid of it. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, your son, we pray. Amen. I'm a, I, I don't know about you guys. I'm on fire right now. My inner soul, my belly, my, my heart is literally on fire for Larry because I've been wondering when this was going to happen for him. I knew he was right there. I knew he was this close. I just didn't know when it was finally going to happen. It really is truly incredible. You were a conduit. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, since it's Larry, Larry, was it yesterday or was it today? Either way, I think we should sing a happy spiritual birthday to Larry, don't you? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Larry. Happy birthday to you and welcome to the kingdom of God. Amen. Wow. I don't even know. Like, I just want to dance now. I just want to put on worship music and just dance now. All right, Larry, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I need to put on my headphones here. Okay. Emmy says, I'm singing over here. Amen. You were born again, Larry, a new baby in Christ. It truly is great. Remember that date for the rest of your life, Larry. Mark that date down somewhere. Remember that date for the rest of your life. I was reborn on the side of an interstate. Where were you reborn? Where were you reborn? Truly incredible. Larry, I think I'm going to go right to this um, video for you. Because I think this is important for you to know right from the very beginning. And some people are just learning for the first time. Go ahead. You decide to pray with you, kneel down or sit in the chair, whatever it might be. Just think about this. Before you start talking and telling God about all these things that he already knows about or complaining about or whatever it might be, why don't you take time just to be quiet and just sit quietly and just say this to him. Heavenly Father, I need to listen to you. I'm going to be quiet. And I just want you to speak to my heart and help me to listen carefully 
so that I can do exactly what you want me to do. How do you think God will respond to that? I'll tell you how. He will say to you exactly what you need to hear. When you decide to pray, when you kneel down. Wow. That brought, <laughs> that, brought, that brought a revelation to my heart this morning. That brought a revelation to my soul this morning. When you decide to kneel down or sit down or whatever it is that you do and pray to God, instead of talking to him about all your life's problems and all your life's greatnesses that he already knows about anyway, why don't you just stop and relax and be quiet and listen and then say to your Father in heaven, Father God, what do you want to tell me? What do you want to talk to me about? Anything? In which direction would you like me to go today? And then just listen. And he says, how do you think God's going to answer? He's going to answer exactly the way that you would expect him to answer. Now, how incredible is that? He will answer maybe not exactly exactly what you expect him, but how. He's going to answer you right away, and you're going to be in a conversation with God that he wanted to have. But he loves you so much that he will always have your conversation that you want to have with him as long as you're talking to him. What a great father. Think about our earthly fathers. Some of you were lucky enough to have an earthly father that was like that. Most of us were not. Can you imagine an earthly father being that amazing? Daddy, daddy, daddy. What is it? I have these great things I want to tell you. I I have these problems that are going on I want to tell you. Knowing that you have a lot of things that you want to tell them knowing that you have a lot of advice that you want to give them right away, knowing that you want to probably cut them off because you know what they're going to tell you anyway and get ahead of it, you say, tell me about it. As long as you're here talking to me, I'm here for you. I'm an ear for you. What's on your mind? That's what God does. He doesn't force his conversations on you, but imagine the conversations that he has that he wants to talk with you about. Imagine that. That's how much he loves you. He loves you so much that he doesn't want you to be a hypocrite and a double-minded person leaving yourself open for the devil to work his grimy little way into your life and dig his claws into you again. Meaning this. And I'll tell you why I... um, I was reading this last night. I was doing my Bible study last night. And this is this double-minded subject kept coming up. Because I'm a double-minded person. God wanted to talk to me about things that he needed me to correct. And that's what he did last night. I want you to listen to this. There are many of you out there that love God. There are many of you out there that love Yeshua, love your father, Yahweh. There are many of you out there that would take the, the, the torture and the chastising that Jesus took for you that, you, that you would take it for him. I know this. I know this. Because I'm one of them too. You know what that's called? That's you. That's called you having a grasp and your embrace of heaven. So you have one foot in heaven. But the problem with that is if you don't have both feet in heaven, then you've got one foot in heaven 
and you've got one foot in earth. And God says, it's either my way or earth's way. You're either of God or you're of the world. And here's the problem. It's like a monkey that swings on a branch or a person that doesn't want a relationship until they've got another relationship lined up. It's the same thing. If you are being double-minded, that is not sustainable and it's not possible for longevity. Meaning this, a person who has a firm grasp on who Jesus is and what God commands, that person will be blessed and that person will achieve a lot. But if you don't stop doing the other things that are not godly, sooner or later you're going to run to a point where you're going to have to choose which one you're going to do. You can't live both forever. Not morally. I'm not speaking morally you can't. I'm speaking reality, physically, factually. You can't live like that. And sooner or later, one is going to outweigh the other. What does God say? You can't serve two masters, right? And I'm going to tell you where that's going to come to a head. It's going to come to a head in your life, and you're going to either ruin your life and or the people's life that are around you because you decided to be double-minded. Look, I know. You know Jesus is real. You love Jesus. You love God. You love the word. You love trying to do everything that God tells you to do. But guess what? You also love swearing. You also love fornication. You also love lust. You also love lying. You also love thievery. You also love, you know, so many other things that are of this world. And you say, but I know this and I love this, but I love this too. You can't do that. You got to one by one eliminate them. You've got to at least show God that you are becoming more like Christ or else you are doomed to fail. Now, you may gain instant success. You may achieve things instantly once you start moving, going towards God. And gossip too, OFP Farms says. That's right. Go to OFPFarms.com, ladies and gentlemen, and get your OFP soap, OFPFarms.com. That's OFPFarms.com and use the promo code LFA15. And that wasn't even one of the reads. That's just me loving them. So it's, it, 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 uh, for, folks, tr- trust me. Trust me. I'm, I am living proof of this. The longer you walk with Jesus the more you have to give up of this life. And if you don't and say, well, I'm still walking with Jesus. I love him. I know him. I know he exists. I know God exists. But while he isn't looking, I love this too. It's just like cheating on your wife. God, Yeshua often refers to you as his bride. The church, the body of Christ is his bride. And you're cheating on him. That is the equivalent of what you're doing by being double-minded, by being a hypocrite. You're cheating on him. Now, if you're not of God, if you're not of Jesus, more power to you. You're not cheating on him. But this is the equivalence, and it's even more wrong because it is to your Lord and Savior who died, who lived a sinless life and died for you. One thing at a time. Larry, listen to me. Right now, you have just found out that Jesus loves you And that he wants to be a part of your life. And you've said, come on in. My way isn't working. Beautiful. That's step number one. Step number two. Find, look at your life. Examine your life through the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are a spiritual mirror. Okay? You get up every day. You look in the mirror. You see yourself, right? Well, pretend the Ten Commandments. Put a a Ten Commandments up in front of you. And that is your spiritual mirror. And it will look through, you will, the soul, the the, the windows to your soul 
We'll take in that word of God. We'll take in those Ten Commandments. And you honestly grade yourself. Give yourself a grade. One to ten. That means one to a hundred. Each commandment is worth ten points. I got When I did this a few months ago, I got a thirty. Me, who's been walking with the Lord now for seven years, going on eight years. And I got a 30. Numbers don't lie. As long as you're not doing common core math, math is math. If I do that same test today, I'm hovering around a 70 or an 80. None of this is going to be instantaneous, but it's about progress. It's about becoming more like, and you will never, ever, ever be like. So it's a never-ending process of progression in the word, in your faith, in the footsteps of Jesus. Grammy Love says, I was telling my hairdresser yesterday the story of your backyard days. To what you are now in Christ, she could hardly believe the transformation in you. Powerful testimony that was in plain view. Well, thank you for spreading my testimony. That's why I told it to everybody. Jeremy, when I was preaching yesterday, someone, she cursed it and said she'd rather be with Satan and be a snake. I hope you prayed for that woman. I hope you prayed for her. So here we go now. Jesus is such the ultimate loving Savior, and God is such the ultimate loving Father that when you go to talk to him, no matter how much stuff he wants to say to you, he lets you talk. And do you want to know something that most people do? They talk and then they leave, and they don't give him a chance to respond. Imagine this, Eli. You know people like this, I'm sure. They want to come to you, and they want to ask you for advice, and they want to get a suggestion or they want to get some kind of an advice or pick your brain on something, and they do all the talking, and then you try to give them advice or you try to talk back, and they're, they're already done, and they're done, and they're gone, and they don't give you a chance to speak. Heads down in their phone. They don't even care. They're, oh, the, you asked me for advice, and then I try to give you advice, and then not only do you not listen, but you don't take that advice and do anything with it. That is what God, here's God. I'm working in your life. I'm making things right. I'm guarding you from all the evil that is coming at you tonight. Here I am working in your life. I love you so much. I'm going to get that out of your way. I'm going to put this blessing on you, blah, 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 blah. Oh, oh, it's them. Oh, hold on a minute. Hold on. Hold on, everybody. I know I'm, you know, eternal and I'm working in everybody's life, but hold on. They're calling. Hello. Oh, God, it's me, Jeremy. Come to you today to, oh, okay, okay, you're just going to get right into it. Okay, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I just need to, uh, I, I, I really got all these things going on. I really need you in my life. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I'm just praying that you'll be there for me. I'm praying that you'll help me through this. I'm praying that Yeshua will guard me, will walk with me and take these bricks out of my backpack, Lord. I just, I just love you so much, and I thank you for the blessings that you do give me, and I thank you for, you know, answering my prayers, and I thank you for listening to my prayers. Everything about you is wonderful. Everything about you is great, and, and, and then you just keep going, and then you go, and in Jesus' name, amen, and you get up, and you walk away, and you hang up, and he he goes, well, son, I'd like, hello, 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 oh, oh, they hung up, I guess I just didn't get a chance to talk to them, and I'm guilty of that too. And I just realized that. I just realized that. That, see, Larry, I was just convicted in real time. That's what's great about this show. Wow. I'm guilty of that. I'm not going to be anymore. When I'm spending time with God, when I go to him, I'm going to listen to what he has to say back. I'm going to actually have a conversation with him. I'm going to talk with my father in heaven, not just talk at my father in heaven. Wow. 
<laughs> what a revelation. Well, let's, uh, hmm, didn't expect all that this morning. Let's pop up the rumble chat here. Um, I guess I'm kind of, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit awestrucken right now. I saw it, Jeremy. Short clip, please. Amen. Amen. That's me every day, said Serby. Yep, me too. We are all a work in progress. Listen twice as often as you speak. That's right. A stick in a bundle can't be broken. Stay close to Jesus. Thank you, Jeremy. That convicted me, said Jay Gisme. Well, me too. Like in real time, I just couldn't believe it. Uh, me too, says C. Ward. Jeremy, I posted a link in the comment section, a video from the Messianic Jew. Okay, I'll check it out. Wow, Victoria says, I'm guilty of that too. CQ says, that's me too. Well, look at that, folks. Don't hang up. I've done that, says Yamane one Wow. I can't believe how God just used his word to, to really just talk to all of us, huh? Unbelievable. If you are uh, LJ and K, go back and watch that. We just had a uh, we just had a real time revelation right here, which is really common sense, I guess. Jeremy, that was a greatest that was a great depiction of us. Thank you. Guilty. Yeah, it literally was in real time. I didn't plan any of that. I didn't think of that before. I was just like going through it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's that's the power of God, I guess. That is the power of God. Unbelievable. Well. I'd, uh, I'd like to read some verses, if I could, um, about being double-minded. So let's go to those now. And um, thank you for opening my eyes. <laughs> blessing. What a blessing. What an absolute... You know what, Larry? What a great show for you today. Right? Can anybody agree with that? I mean, Larry being a new Christian, what a great jump off point uh for uh, this show today to be so eye-opening and on point i mean larry you are uh you are in for uh, a treat you have great family people here you have great brothers and sisters here uh dimple said i missed it i stepped away you're gonna have to go back and watch that what an incredible larry i'm i'm so happy god bless you larry says carrie carrie says god bless larry most of us wouldn't do that to our earthly mom and dad I know, right? I know. I know. I'm just still, I'm still awestruck, folks. I need a drink of my Rise Up coffee right now. Hey, by the way, folks, if you get a chance at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight, yes, this is the greatest show ever, Annette. I agree. Um, Check out Trumpet Daily with Stephen Fleury here at 9 p.m. Trumpet Daily is another great news show that comes from a, uh, a God-centered point of view. And you're going to get the news in a godly uh, fashion. A lot more godly than even I give it on LFA. So uh, listen to and uh, watch Stephen uh, Flurry here on, um, on every night at, at, uh, at 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. <sighs> wow. I'm still. Woo, thank you, Lord. We sure do serve an awesome God. Amen. Jeremy, you always feel like you need to evangelize on the street corners, but look at where God has put you on Rise Up. The knowledge God gave you is leading us all to stronger faith and love. (sighs) Larry says, I can't stop the tears. Oh, (laughs) why do you think we got these Rise Up uh, tissues, buddy? When you are walking with God, you are going to cry. The waterworks are going to be turned on a lot more than you've ever had in your entire life because they're tears of joy. They're tears of joy. They're tears of revelation. They're tears of conviction. And those are all good feelings. Those are all good feelings. Cindy says, I've done that and do that. My heart is convicted. Boy, God really just corrected numerous amounts of people today. This is incredible. This is powerful. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go read some, um, some verses, okay? <laughs> Jeremy, what do those go on sale? Not sure, not sure. Let me read some of these verses for you about being double-minded, okay? If you got your Bibles, and I'm not going to flip through all of these. I'm just, I have them pulled up in front of me, so I'm going to read them for you. Uh, James 1.8, okay? This is a good time for you to get your pen out, piece of paper, 
write these down. You can always go back to it as well if you want to go through the Bible and read these along with me. But James 1.8, being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Unstable in all of his ways. So if you've got one hand on heaven and one hand in earth, one foot in heaven, one hand on earth, or one foot in heaven, one foot on earth, that's not going to last long. You are going to be unstable in all of your ways. And if you don't think so, look back on your life and say, wow, has it worked? Because I'll guarantee you it hasn't. You are unstable in all of your ways. A double-minded man can snap at his wife about something stupid that will cut deep into her so badly that she will never forget it. That's unstable. Guilty. You may be so unstable that you have a thousand things going on in life to the point where you're letting it all give you anxiety and stress and your child needs you, dramatically needs you, desperately needs you to be there for her or him. And you're like, I can't do it right now. I'm too busy. Get away from me, blah, 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 blah. That's unstable. And that is what a double-minded life will lead to. 100%. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. If you wonder why your prayers aren't being answered, if you wonder why you don't hear God talk, if you, don't wonder, if you wonder why you don't feel like you're walking with God, but you 100% believe in him, it's probably because you're doing double-minded things. It's probably because you're being a hypocrite about many things in your life, and you need to go and give yourself the test of the Ten Commandments, and you need to honestly evaluate yourself and say, wow, I just got a 30. No wonder why my life sucks. No wonder why life sucks. Because I just got a 30. Got to be real with yourself. If you can't be real with yourself, you'll never, ever, ever, ever get to where God has put you on this earth to go. How about 1 Kings 18.21? Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. Why, why not? Because they wanted to hold on to their sin. They wanted to be double-minded. They think, you know what? As long as I confess all my sins before I go, and I truly, truly, truly am sorry and repent, then I'll go to heaven. Great. You know what? You're not wrong. But what happens if you die suddenly tonight, right now? What happens if I'm going 1 Kings 18, 13? Oh, didn't get no chance. Jeremy, Will must be excited. Yeah, he is. And people go, why? Well, because Will Johnson is responsible for me being right where I am right here today. God is ultimately responsible, but he put Will Johnson in my path very early on to get me to this point right here. And look at all of the people that are being saved. It's incredible. God uses people. Nobody's better than somebody else. He just uses people in great ways. How about Isaiah, which I've been reading lately. I'm just in love with Isaiah. 29, 13. Then the Lord said, because this people draw near with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me and their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. Matthew 23, 25 through 28. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and, and of the dish so that the outside of it may become clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but on the inside they, feel full, or they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. How about Luke 11, 39, and 40 that says, But the Lord said to him, Now, you Pharisee, clean the outside of your cup, and of a platter, but inside you are full of robbery and wickedness, you foolish ones. Foolish is the best word. Not you stupid ones, not you dumb ones, not you evil ones, you foolish ones. Because forgive them, Lord, 
They know not what they do. And it is foolish to be double-minded. Look, I love the Lord. I love my family. I love all of you. I would do anything for anybody that I know. I'd even give my own life up for anybody that I knew or didn't know. But that doesn't make me not a fool. I'm still a fool from time to time because I'm double-minded. That is foolishness. It'll lead you to a life of regret, unhappiness, and it's very, very destructive. It's not sustainable. Never has been, never will be. I uh, want to play this verse for you. I mean, not this verse, this video. I want to ask the women in the, in the audience, wives, okay? I think we can all, we know what a woman is, right, Eli? Pretty simple, right? Okay. To the women in the audience, let me ask you a question. If you found out, and it was a fact, 100%, that your husband, and, and, and I apologize to any women who've lost their husbands out there, I don't mean to bring up any bad feelings or anything, but you still have a husband, Okay, and he's with you and you love each other and and you found out that he thought of you every seven seconds of his life, 24 hours a day, seven days a week till the day he died, that you were on his mind every seven seconds. Would that just melt your heart? Would you just love to hear that? that uh, would you think that he, would you say, wow, that man loves me more than anything I've ever, ever thought? If you knew every seven seconds you were on your husband's mind, something about you, something to make you happy, something to make you joyful, something to make you feel loved, wouldn't that just make you feel just so special? It would me. Now, before I go into this video, I want to tell you this. Do you know that men often are not told nice things? Eli, did you know that? You know how women are told nice things a lot? Honey, you look beautiful. Honey, I love you. Without you, I could. Do you know men are not told nice things often? And when they are, they often cry. I heard a story once before I get into this video. This woman was saying, do you know that I I never knew that men were not told nice things very often? And this guy said, what do you mean? And she goes, well... I told my fiance that he is a great man and he's worthy of so much love, so much more than I could even offer him. And he started crying. And she said, why are you crying so much? I love you. And he goes, because nobody's ever told me that I'm worthy of love. Men do not, and men don't need, men don't need it, but they need it. You know what I mean? And wives, a lot of you are thought of very often. I think of my wife even when we're going through hard times, very often throughout the day. But men are not told that very often. I want you to play the, I want, I, want, I want you to hear this video real quick. And this isn't about men or women. This is just about love and thinking of somebody. Here we go. You need to hear this today. Do you think I'm doing pretty good as a husband if I think about you every 12 seconds, 12 all 40 seconds. years, 24 or 7? Yes. Do you think that's pretty good? I think that'd be very good. You know it's how, probably not possible. You know how, how big that would be in sand? How many? 10 square feet. 10 square feet. And yet you saw a beach as far as you could see. And that's just one beach out of an entire world of beaches, an entire world of deserts. And God can't exaggerate. So if he says his thoughts outnumber every grain of sand, that's incomprehensible how much he thinks about each of us. Wow. And that's not the church collectively. That's us individually. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've come from, God loves you. And he has a plan for your life. For more Kingdom content, click follow or subscribe. Wow. So 12 seconds, not seven seconds. Think about that. 
if I if I thought of my wife every 12 seconds for 40 years, 24-7, 365 days a year, and that thought represented one grain of sand, it would cover 10 square feet, Eli. But God tells us that his love for us and how often he thinks of us is more than every grain of sand that the eye can see. Again, I'm, I, I, I'm at a loss for words here. I'm at a loss for words here. As much as you think you love your wife and your kids, you, the, 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 it's, not even, it's not even on the radar how much you love them compared to how much God loves you. You, Iris. You, Amanda. You, Terry. You, Katia. You, T. Mitchell. You, Bad Moon. You, Miranda. You, Annette. Your specific individual person. He thinks of you more than there's sand on the earth. And yet we can't even, it's not even possible for us to think about our and love our spouses even enough to cover 10 square feet. Do you feel worthy of that kind of love? I just never have. I never have. So when a guy is told, you are worthy of love, most guys are never told that. Ever. And it's very emotional when you do hear that from an earthly person, a mom, a wife, a sister, a friend. But to hear it from the one who created everything, that not only are you worthy of his thoughts and his love, but you're worthy of them infinitely more than you could ever love anyone in your life, and you know, that's, that, that makes me cry. That's that. That makes me cry. So ladies and gentlemen, we have about 12 minutes left for about 10 of those minutes. I'm going to play some good video from our friend Cliff Netchel because I like to play Cliff and Frank during the week as much as possible and I like to save Fridays for Ray Comfort, but when Ray Comfort has been evangelizing as much as he has, it's kind of hard to just reserve Fridays for the guy, right? Uh, If you're just joining in, you're going to want to go back and watch this show 100%, but make sure that you rumble the video, share the video. We really, really, really need that more than you could ever know, and... um, (laughs) just wow what a show Larry thank you roll it your claim might have evidence but that evidence also supports other claims that counteract your own okay good so that means we gotta study more right right good you don't just throw up your hands and say oh it doesn't exist no when you have a doubt people study more evidence right right good so what's the evidence that God exists Order and design in the cosmos point to an intelligent mind. In all of my observation, this guy is dressed the way he is, not by accident. He's got a rational mind. He's put it, he's dressed together in a rational way. And when I go to a restaurant and I'm about to eat a delicious meal, I don't say there's no chef. No, a delicious meal points me to an intelligent mind. So who made God? Nobody. God is eternal. If God is order and creation, then that implies some sort of organization and structure. So if God is organization and structure, then doesn't that imply a doesn't that imply a conscious creator behind God? Okay, good question. Everything that has a beginning has a cause. The universe has a beginning. Therefore, the universe has a cause. But how do we know the universe has a beginning? Just study the Big Bang. 
before the Big Bang, right. there was something. It was sort of beyond the scope of, of time and what we're capable of perceiving, but generally speaking, matter can't be created or destroyed. So in, in the same way that you're suggesting, the universe is eternal. The universe has always existed in some form and it will always exist, even if it's not in some form that we're capable of conceptualizing. Before the Big Bang, there was nothing. So what evidence do you have that God has always existed? I have to ask the question, is it more reasonable to believe something comes from nothing, which is what I have to believe if I say there is no God? Because obviously we've got something here. I just came from nothing. No, he didn't come from anywhere. He is eternal. And when I begin to study science and realize, wait a second, the universe is not eternal. Time and space are not eternal. Time has a beginning. Space has a beginning. Then I have to ask myself, is it more reasonable? Not, not can I prove. I can't prove any of this. But I've got to ask myself, is it more reasonable to believe that something comes from nothing or that something comes from someone? Okay, so what is your better alternative to God? I'm religious, in some ways. Generally, if God existed, then I feel like there would be, I don't know, maybe some organized religions that weren't so Okay, good. Brilliant point. Like, if, if there is, if there is, as you claim, like this reasonable assumption that God exists, right? surely the people who, surely the number of people who can make that assumption and thus decide to follow God's teachings would be the majority. And while the majority of the world's population do believe in some sort of God, they certainly do not follow the teachings. Like, if you read texts, like, Good. Christians, for the yep. most part, yep. uh, like to preach, you know, love and acceptance. Yep. But don't really practice that. So if you're, what? If you're arguing that there is this reasonable assumption that God exists, yes. then it's sort of, it almost creates this implication that... Hold on, I want to stop this real quick here, because a lot of people argue that Christians preach um, acceptance and tolerance. We do. And we live by that. But we will not tolerate and accept evil or a spit in the face to God and make it part of our lives because you want to do it. That would be like saying you have to accept the fact that I want to rape your daughter. You have to accept the fact that I want to steal from your home if I am staying with you. You have to accept the fact that if I don't like what you say, that I can physically beat you. You have to accept the fact that if you're going to be friends with me, I'm going to lie to you. No, I don't. I can be tolerant and I can be accepting. But there's a line. I'm not going to tolerate and accept everything. And I would challenge you to name me one person on this earth, including that person right there, who is more tolerant and accepting than the Christian who they're saying is not tolerant or accepting. I guarantee you if Cliff Natchell put a Make America Great Again hat on right there, then that confused individual, boy or girl, would run away with his identified tail between their legs. See that? I even was nice enough to say they, Eli, instead of I don't know what it is. So when you hear people say, I thought Christians were tolerant and accepting, we are. But do you think we're going to tolerate and accept evil and unjust crap? No, we're not. What kind of a ridiculous statement is that? You think uh, Christians just tolerate everything, turn the other cheek? They don't understand. Let's keep going for another couple minutes. Limit his power by giving me a free will which means I can take out my wallet and give him money for lunch. I can haul back and smack him in the face. God makes me do neither. 
which means I am responsible for whether I feed him or smack him. It is impossible for God to create a free will in Clef and then program me to have to feed him. Impossible. It is impossible for God to create a square circle. Impossible. <laughs> it is impossible for God to exist square and circle. not exist at the same time. See, so when we say that God is all-powerful and that God is God, we don't mean God just does anything. No. God gives us a free will, and then he says, okay, exercise that free will. If God's power is limited because of free will, would that not imply that God is not all-powerful? God did not make me snap, slap him. God gave me a hand and a free will. And he gave me it for a purpose, to love and respect the gentleman. But if I choose to roll my hand into a fist and send it crashing into his handsome face, and then if I have the audacity to blame God, I am a con artist. That, that would imply that God cannot know what you are going to do. That okay, we got to stop that for a minute too. Uh, people can't understand that if God is all-powerful, then why doesn't God stop X, Y, and Z? If God is all-powerful, why does God allow X, Y, and Z? They don't, they're, they're, they've got it completely backwards. The very fact that God allows all this to happen shows that he's all-powerful, not the other way around. Jeremy, how could that be? I'll tell you why. Because when God chose to limit Jesus's power, by making him a baby, a helpless, defenseless baby, he did that for a reason. He did that for a reason to show the people how to live as a man who is godly with Jesus Christ in his heart. When God chose to make people have a free will, that shows his power. He created you to be like him. Okay, you have power that the angels don't even have for crying out loud. So the fact that he is all powerful and he gave us free will and he doesn't stop the bad things from happening because the free will caused those bad things to happen shows you that there are consequences for actions. And maybe if this they them had consequences for their actions growing up, then they could actually be a little less confused and know what their purpose is here on earth as well. And ladies and gentlemen, that is actually going to do it for our show today here on um, Rise Up on LFA TV. We very, very, very much appreciate you guys being here. Love that music on the way out as well. And uh, if you're a new if a newcomer, to Rise Up. We do it Monday through Friday, 9 a.m., right here on LFA TV on Rise Up. Share it with your friends. Share it with your church family. It's always good to have dialogue, discussion, and debate, and it's always good to learn the Word of God. Sean Farish, Ungoverned, comes up next, followed by Live from America with yours truly, and then Unafraid with Mike Crispy after that. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. Continue to spread that gospel. Stay in the Word of God. And if you can't hear the Word of God and you don't know why, my suggestion Listen, love you guys. God bless. See you later.